because the goal of corporal punishment or of like taking things away, the goal of hurting the child emotionally or physically would be to fix the behavior. That's what parents think they're doing. But all that actually does is silence communication. It teaches a child, you are not a safe person for me to communicate everything with and for sure not my needs. So I'm going to throw up some walls and that wall is built brick by brick by brick. And it happens every single time we punish a child versus collaborating with positive discipline. I'm Rachel. And I'm Marcela. And you're listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents like you all over the world go from feeling isolated and hopeless, unable to break the cycle of permissive or punitive parenting, to feeling confident in parenthood and connected to their children's needs. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Marcella. I am so excited to talk about this month's topics because we're going to be handling objections that gentle parents often get. And if you are one of our listeners, you're one of our cycle breakers, you either follow us on social media or you are in our private Facebook community, the HIC cycle breaker community, you probably have dealt with some of these objections. And our goal this month is really to give you the the understanding for yourself of why you're doing what you're doing, but also maybe give you some verbiage or um, some conversation starters to have with your family about these topics. Yes, I'm very excited. This is going to be a series. So all month we're going to be covering different objections that people may have about gentle parenting. And for this episode, we're going to talk about discipline because one very common objection that I hear when I tell people that I do gentle parenting, parenting with understanding is, so you don't discipline your children? That's the main thing. Yeah. I don't know. Have you had that question as well? Like, like if you don't do timeouts, spanking, take, if you don't take things away, if you don't yell, if you don't bribe, if you don't offer rewards, what do you do to get them to listen mm -hmm. to you? Yes, exactly. I absolutely get the same questions or the same assumption. Parents will often hear that I don't spank, yell, use timeouts, and they assume that that means that there is no discipline in my home and that I'm a permissive parent who lets my child rule the world in, in our home, you know, and that's definitely not the case. So, um, and one thing that I think is interesting too, is that in the gentle parenting community, with many gentle parents, they have eliminated the punishment side of discipline. So they may not be using spanking. They may not be yelling or they're attempting not to yell as often. They're trying to break that cycle, right? But they're still taking things away very often. They still feel um, the need to put so much emphasis on consequences or they are still bribing their children. And maybe you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, okay, what? I'm, I'm doing all three of those things. And I thought that that was gentle parenting. So what are you saying here? We're going to dive into that. Another misconception that I've seen is that they, I've seen in social media, parents that they say it is gentle parenting discipline when they're saying the same things that they would say in an authoritarian way, but they're saying it without yelling. 
<laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. that sounds authoritarian. When you're still mm -hmm. commanding your children to do things and listen to you just because you're the parent, even if you're using a softer tone, that's not gentle parenting. Because gentle yeah. parenting uh, has a power with approach. So there yes. are th three types of ways that we could approach discipline or um, teaching our children better behavior. The power over approach, which is you do as I say, and then my intention is to get you, to control you, to manipulate the behavior. The power under is more about I'm not putting limits, I'm, I'm scared of the limits, or my kids are the ones who tell me what to do or what's happening. And that's, I see it a lot in the parenting community as well when parents say, like, he, it takes me two hours to transition my children to bedtime. And then that's when I think, I wonder if that's more like in, on the permissive side of things. Mm -hmm. um, and the power with approach is when we have the mentality of, okay, our children are struggling. They are fighting right now and both need different things. Let me come and help them figure this thing out. So it's not about my agenda and what I need, what I need from them, but basically helping them with what they need to be able to succeed uh, in the present moment. So it's not just about speaking gently, right? Another thing that I've seen is they put a lot of emphasis, even gentle parents, on the consequences. Like, what is the consequence for hitting? What is the consequence for throwing? What is the consequence for back talk? As if a consequence alone would correct the behavior. <laughs> and it doesn't. It doesn't. It isn't that I'm not against consequences. There is a time and a place for that. But a consequence alone would not correct a behavior. Yeah. The, the example is that you gave the example the other day. You could have, you can get a speeding ticket and you will be really careful this, the first month or so, but after six months, you will be speeding up again and looking for where the cops are so you could slow down. That's, that's the example that consequences alone are not the whole, the, the only thing that you do in order to discipline your children so they learn good behavior. Yes. I'm a certified positive discipline coach, and I created the child discipline guide with the roadmap of effective positive discipline. Discipline is not just about the things that you do to after the behavior, because that's a very reactionary approach. Your child screams and you do, your child tantrums and you do, and then you're always reacting to the tantrum, to the screaming. Discipline has a comprehensive approach. It's not just what you do after the behavior, but the things that you do before the behavior and during the behavior. Before the behavior, so you prevent most tantrums. During the behavior, so you help your children uh, during that time so they can get back to themselves and listen to you, you know, peacefully. And after the behavior, so they learn for the future. Mm -hmm. It is a comprehensive approach, and in the child discipline guide, I lay down, I lay out what to do before, during, and after. And yes, I talk about consequences, and, and I help you apply consequences the right way. So they are uh, an aid to everything else that you're doing in terms of discipline, and not just the only thing that you're doing, expecting for the consequence alone to work. Yeah. So if, if you 
are uh, interested about disciplining your children using positive discipline, all you have to do is open the description of this podcast episode and then we're going to have a link there to the child discipline guide. So, Rachel, have you heard other things, other misconceptions and objections related to child discipline? I have. I was going to share a story that related with what you just talked about. Can I do that quickly? Yes. To share? Because it's, I've learned so much from you, first of all. And we have recently, we went through a move and we've moved, I think, three times since Peyton has been born. And she's only going to be four this October. So. I realized that the two previous moves with her were very different because she was younger. And this move was wildly different in the way that it came out in her behavior. And we started to see her, I mean, just being so defiant, like, no, I am not going to put on my diaper. No, I am not going to, I'm not going to go to sleep, you know? I'm not going to put on undies today. I'm not going to go for a walk. I'm not like, it's just like everything was no, no, no. And then we would get in the car and she would just kick the back of the seat, which is something that she she knows we've talked a lot about. And typically we can get around it. And I tried all of my tools, like all of my typical parenting with understanding and gentle parenting tools. And it just wasn't, it wasn't changing the scenario. And I say that because I think it's important for our listeners to hear that even when you have all of the tools, sometimes it's still a struggle. Sometimes it's still, you're trying to figure out, okay, I used this tool, that didn't work. I tried this tool, that didn't work. My patience is wearing thin. We're in the middle of a move. You know, all of this stuff is going on. And finally, I've started talking to my husband about it and... I can't remember what she did in the car, but it was something that both of us were like, oh girl, we want to very much move into this power over position where it's like, you are not going to act that way. And my husband said something like, I, my dad would have busted my butt if I acted that way. Like I never acted that way in front of my dad. And I, we kind of had this really interesting conversation where he essentially said, I, I don't, I had kind of this fear of my dad though, that doesn't feel good to have. Like whenever I remember those, whenever I have those memories of feeling fearful of my dad, part of it was an unhealthy fear. And he said, I don't ever want her to feel that way. And I said, okay, I'm going to have to like put on my coach hat for a second and coach myself through this. We are going through a major life transition She has not seen us very much when she has seen us in the evening. So her typical time where she gets a lot of connection with us, we have been, sorry, mommy and daddy are working, baby. Mommy and daddy are packing. We've got to get stuff packed. We've got to get stuff moved. You get to come with us. But it's been very distracted time together. And I just realized like she hasn't had hardly any time where we are devoted to her like that, the need for connection, her little connection bucket was like running on fumes, you know? So I sat down with her, put my phone away, played with her for a little bit. 
And then I just started talking to her and I said, are you feeling really nervous about moving? You know, are you feeling anxious about that? We're moving to a new house. We're saying bye-bye to our old house. She had to leave behind a play set. There were just, there were a lot of changes for her. And she said, yeah, I feel nervous. Oh. <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh. And I, you know, we just kind of talked through it. And then I just comforted her and let her know that she was still safe with us. And I said, you really haven't had a lot of time to connect with mommy or daddy either. Right. And I gave her the positive language. I used that positive discipline tool. I did not enforce a consequence for her screaming and being sassy and doing all of that stuff. I very much set a limit and said, it's not okay to talk to each other that way. And when I snapped at her and was like, baby, go sit down. Like you need to get out of our way. We're moving. You know, there were multiple times where it was just like me snapping a little bit. I was able to tell her, I'm really sorry. You didn't deserve to be spoken to that way. In our family, we speak kindly to each other, right? So I'm apologizing to her and letting her know that I'm aware whenever I aware of when I am not kind. But then also letting her know, like, it's okay to feel nervous. It's okay to feel frustrated. It's okay to need connection. But when you need that, here's what you do. And I would use those positive discipline tools. And the other night, she, we had, like, it was like a night and day difference. And we're talking about just over a, a time span of a week. So when people are talking about, like, gentle parenting takes longer, gentle parenting doesn't, you know, what we did is actually corrected the problem. And it took us maybe a week, it took me, you know, several days to even realize what was going on because I was just so in the zone with moving. But I was able to use positive discipline and she, I got up, I had been holding her and I got up to go to the bathroom and she said, please, when you get back, will you hold me again? And she was naming in her sweet little three and a half year old way, hey, I'm really loving this connection time I'm getting with you and I want more of it. It's really like filling my bucket, you know? And it was just, we've had wonderful days. Like she hasn't been being as sassy and defiant and all of that kind of stuff. And it was because I didn't meet her with a consequence. I met her with understanding and she naturally wanted to shift her behavior on her own because she felt seen, valued, and understood. And that's what, like, parents who, I, I kind of want to go back, if we have time, to go back to the topic of the power over, power under, power with. Because power over and under are two sides of the same coin. They're, it's, they're both problematic in their own way. And when... When we get into control mindset, that's when we're power over. And I think what has been such a help for me is shifting my mindset to, am I trying to control her right now? Or am I trying to collaborate with her right now? Collaboration over control works to fix the problem for both of us. Like not only does it correct her behavior, Long term, so she she stops. She actually, it's not stopping it momentarily. It's stopping it long term, which is correction, right? But it's also not creating a disconnect in our relationship. Whereas that power over, like I am the parent, you are the child, that stance 
none of us likes to feel that from any other human. Like if I had a husband that was like, I am your husband. I am the head of the household. You listen to me. I would be like, I don't know how long this is going to last, you know? And I have had very much power over bosses that were like, I'm the boss. You're the employee. You do what I say, or you don't get a paycheck, you know? And I didn't, I didn't thrive in that environment. And when we take ourselves out of this, like I'm the parent, you're the child mindset. That's so typical. And it's, it's coming from our childhood for most of us. When we take ourselves out of that mindset and we just simply ask, how do I like to be treated? As a human, how do I like to be treated and how can I treat my child in that same way? How can I honor and respect them and still not lose my position as parent? I'm not supposed to go power under me like, oh, okay, I'll be so nice to you. I'll, you know, I'll, I'm not supposed to go belly up in full submission to my child. I'm still supposed to maintain my role as parent But that should look more like teacher and leader and guide rather than boss or micromanager or ruler or, you know, authority figure. And that, I think that that one mindset shift could change things drastically for any home. For the ones who already have the child discipline guide, take what Rachel is saying right now and read the guy through the lens of, I'm getting these positive discipline tools to, to collaborate with my children, to get to a solution together, to a win-win outcome, not to control my child. Because when you apply positive discipline tools with the raw mentality, then the outcome is going to keep being the same. You're going to keep seeing the defiance. You're going to keep seeing the, you know, all the behaviors that are really communicating to you, mom, you're controlling me. And that's why I'm, I'm pushing back. That's why I'm, I'm not cooperating with you. But when you read the guide and you get the tools of what to do to prevent future tantrums, future backduck and defiance when you read the guide on what to do during the behavior take it with that mentality this is not to control my child this is to collaborate with them Santiago my six-year-old and you might say like six-year-old yes he beat me for maybe two weeks like he like maybe once a day he used to bite me And that was recently, that was in the past month. And then you would say like, wow, he's too old for that. Like, like all those thoughts of he's too old for that. Like he should know better. Like he's right now for sure. He's doing it to be mean. All those little thoughts that come to us are just limiting beliefs. So that's not what was happening. He was biting me and I applied positive discipline and parenting with understanding and he stopped biting me and he hasn't done it for the last two weeks so what happened number one i looked beyond the behavior i saw he he beat me i'm like oh no santi if you you want to buy something buy this other thing but that didn't work 
The next day he did the same thing. And I'm like, okay, Santiago, if you want to buy, buy something else. When I'm like, okay, Marcela, you are doing this backwards. <laughs> if you are in the Parenting with Understanding program, you know that you don't work on teaching them other skills if you don't unveil the need first. And I'm like, okay, Marcela, apply your own program. <laughs> so I started thinking, when did he start biting me? And I remember the first time that he beat me was right after feeding therapy. And that day, that specific day, the feeding therapist told me that the roof of his mouth looked different than the normal. Like he, he had his, the roof of his mouth was different and that's why that, that contributed to some of his sensory needs. So in his little head, he interpreted that as there is something wrong with me. <laughs> so what happened? Uh, right after that, he started biting me, biting me, biting me. And when I started reflecting on what was really happening, I went to him and I said, Santi, I noticed that you, you started biting mommy right after the feeding therapy session. Remember that day that you beat me for the first time? What were you feeling at that time? Can you remember? He's sick, so he's able to reflect back in time and, and, and reflect a little bit more. And then he said, my, my mouth is wrong. I'm like, what? could you please explain a little bit more? What do you mean by that? He said, yeah, he says, teacher, my teacher said that my, the roof of my mouth is wrong. So my mouth is wrong. We process that. I process that, those feelings with him. And just by processing what happened, just by giving him a better perspective of, of himself or what, of what's going on with him, he changed. I didn't give him a consequence. I didn't even give him a replacement behavior anymore. Replacement behavior is, if you're biting me, you better buy this other thing that is safe. That's replacement behavior. When you try to get them to do, to help them do other things that are safe, to meet the same, the same desire. I didn't even do replacement behavior with him. I didn't, I just went right to the need and I spoke to him and that's all he took. Yeah. It's so powerful. It's so powerful to look at that situation and think a typical, like if you were a traditional parent, you absolutely would have punished a child for spanking and you would have a six year old. It's not right. a 19 month old biting mommy. It's a six year old but. Biting. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, like, I think that many parents probably would have moved to corporal punishment. Um, maybe even like taking something big away that was like something to hurt the child back to try to teach the lesson, either hurt them physically or hurt them emotionally. And when you really actually peel back the layers and you seek to understand what his behavior is communicating because behavior is communication of a need. And when you take the time to, again, put yourself in the child's shoes and see it from their perspective, all of a sudden everything shifts. And not only like, because the goal of corporal punishment or of like taking things away, the goal of hurting the child emotionally or physically would be to fix the behavior. That's what parents think they're doing. But all that actually does 
is silence communication. It teaches a child, you are not a safe person for me to communicate everything with and for sure not my needs. So I'm going to throw up some walls and that wall is built brick by brick by brick. And it happens every single time we punish a child versus collaborating with positive discipline. And I, I hope that this encourages not just our listeners, but maybe they'll even send it to some of their skeptical family members that are like, no, like punishment is the way, you know, I want you to really, I want to encourage those people to listen with an open heart and just ask yourself in those moments where you have felt misunderstood or you have felt unseen or unheard, did you need someone to come in and apply a consequence and and hurt you physically or emotionally or did you need understanding? That's a story that I haven't told in social media because... If I told that story, I just imagine the amount of hate I would get on the comments and it kind of like pulls me back from saying it. But here we are all cycle breakers. And I want to share that story to encourage you, um, for you to see that if your child right now is biting, hitting you, doing all those things, it's not that you're doing something wrong. There is a need behind that. There is a need. Okay, we just want to remind you that the Child Discipline Guide is available at a link in the description of this podcast, or you can go to Marcella's profile on Instagram at High Impact Club or TikTok, the same at High Impact Club, and there is a link to the Child Discipline Guide on her link tree. Be sure to follow us on social media at High Impact Club and at The Considerate Mama on both TikTok and Instagram. If you're an HIC cycle breaker, meaning if you have any of HIC's products or programs, I encourage you to join our private Facebook group. You can find us HIC Cycle Breakers on Facebook and request to join every day. We're there encouraging you. Our, our community manager is really active there. And yeah, we do special things for our community there as well that we don't do for our followers in social media. So don't forget that and remember that it only takes understanding to break your cycle. We'll see you next week. Bye.